Hi there, and welcome back to the Community Strategy Podcast. My name is Deb Shell. I'm a creator turned community builder. After launching my online community in 2020, I have a passion for online events and bringing people together. I now consult business owners and leaders just like yourself who have a message, their life's work, or a vision for helping others transform through their online courses, cohorts, or memberships. On this interview style podcast, you'll hear conversations with community leaders, passion for bringing people together online. Our goal is to provide you with interesting conversations to inspire you to build, launch, and grow an online community with energy, confidence, and purpose. Let's get started. All right. Well, welcome uh, back to the Community Strategy Podcast. My name is Deb Shell. I'm the host. And today I've got Pamela Slim with me. She's an amazing author. I've followed her work for quite a while. So welcome to the Community Strategy Podcast, Pamela. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome, and I'm super glad you're here. Now, we just got off a call wrapping up a uh, session of our current book study that we're doing, and actually, it's your book that we're going through, The Widest Net, uh, with partnership with Athena Village and the Find Calm Here community. So I wanted to uh, just share for some people a little bit about what we talked about, but tell us first a little bit about you and uh, your, your experience with uh, business. Yeah, so I have been an entrepreneur for 26 years. I started the first 10 years of my business as a management consultant in Silicon Valley, originally from the Northern California, and was passionate about the work. I loved it and uh, focused always on the human side of business, especially in training and development uh, arena. And then I just found that there were so many people who were really wanted to be out of corporate and were curious about leaving. And at the same time, I fell in love with my husband, Daryl, moved to Arizona, and that's when I started my blog, Escape from Cubicle Nation, in 2005. And the intention really was to begin to work with people individually who wanted to leave corporate, who just felt scared and overwhelmed of leaving their corporate career behind. So that kind of started the last 16 or so years, first doing a lot of early stage startup with many hundreds of people helping them leave. It was my first book, Escape from Cubicle Nation, that came out in 2009. Then my second book, Body of Work, came out in 2014 that was really looking at specifically like what are people creating that's really meaningful and has impact. And then this latest book really comes from, as you heard, the depth of the story, 30 years of focus in community building. It was my major in college, believe it or not, was non-formal education is a tool for social and economic change, (laughs) Um, community economic development focused on Latin America. I lived in Mexico and Colombia. So I had like that, that study. I was the volunteer executive director of a martial art group in San Francisco for 11 years, where we did tons of community building, especially with youth. We grew a program to 250 youth, collaborated with 27 different youth service organizations, spent many years in online community building in the early, you know, especially the early years of blogging. And then the last six years, my husband and I have had the Main Street Learning Lab, which is a brick and mortar community building space right in the middle of Main Street. So it's just been a really fun live experiment. Um, And really, what is a point of view that I have about a way to build a business that's centered in community? Yeah, I really love what you're just talking about because it's so diverse and it's kind of like reminiscent of my own experiences. Like I've just done so many things. And sometimes when you put that on a resume and you're like, people are like, why have you been doing all of these things? But it comes up to be later in your life of like, 
oh, maybe this is the reason why this went this way, right? So you have that experience. <laughs> exactly. It all makes sense in retrospect. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't always make sense sometimes when you're right in the middle of it. But as I look back, it definitely does. And it's interesting that way. I think if we trust our instinct often, we're moving towards those things that we know are next in the legacy that we want to build. Mm, what do you think, since you've had all this experience in in-person and online community building, what do you think has been the biggest lesson you learned that like, if you could go back in time and tell your former self, like, Hey, things are going to work out. But like, what would you tell that, that former, that Pamela Slim when she was just starting out? <laughs> yeah, I, I was so lucky that I, I had the time that I got into online community building in 2005, for those folks who might remember, it was such an exciting time. It was very collaborative. There were there was such kinship between different bloggers. There was a lot of sharing of information, uh, going to places like South by Southwest that was just so fun and interesting. And there was a lot of natural ways, I think, that people stepped in to support each other that I think made a big difference to me. Um, now, sometimes I think about the poor person who wants to do anything, start a podcast, start a blog, and there's 37 different courses. There's all these experts who are telling you what to do. The way we learned around the way was more, hey, figure it out as you go, talk to somebody, collaborate with a friend. So it had more of those natural pieces. The part of it, I think, that was learning that I've, I've slowly architected into just the day-to-day -day work that I do as a business coach with folks is um, having lots of friends is not the same as necessarily making a whole bunch of money. <laughs> and those are things that we've seen over time for some community builders. I, I think community building can be seen as a an additional thing to do, a nice thing to do that you have your business model and then you do community building. To me, where it, where it has to be effective if you're looking at it, as a way that you're really going to be implementing your business model is where it has to be really grounded in a business model, a way to figure out who, who is the community you want to connect with, who are ideal partners, what's the shared reciprocal value that comes up, and where money is an equation where you have money that really is the through line for that. So it's one of the reasons why I wrote the book with in the in the context of looking at it through business, like as a way to actually build a business, all the principles can be the same. If you're like new in a town and you're trying to figure out like, where should I hang out and where are the cool people I want to connect with? A lot of the method still applies, even if it's not monetized. Yeah, it's very interesting um, because I'm in that phase right now too. And um, of trying to figure out, I think I was kind of sold a message in the past two years that I could monetize and I didn't need this big audience. And I've learned the hard reality that that's not the case. And even I've worked primarily by myself creating content, but um, it's been hard. It's been hard to figure out like the right, where to, where to put my attention and focus. And I create content and I'm a writer. And now I'm writing a book about, you know, going from being a, just a creator to a community builder, um, which is what I did in the last two years. And who I worked with is my clients as in my consulting business, who we've interviewed over 85 creators uh, on this podcast and now 86. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just to say that, like, I feel like there's still a lot of like, mixed messages and disconnects around like, what is the thing I'm supposed to do? And how do I get there? And um, yeah, so <laughs> just resonating it, with it. 
For sure. And it, it, I, it is the journey, I think, for so many entrepreneurs. I was just thinking this morning as I was, as I was driving into the office, in any situation, no matter what, like what situation you're, you're in, I, uh, I often think there, there can, to have a state of just where everything is 100% dialed in exactly as you want it can be sometimes just a moment in time, <laughs> you know, where, where everything, everything just perfectly works, where you get all the dollars that are rolling in. Some of it's the business environment that we're in. I've known many people, for example, that activated really effective online communities, some of which were supported by, uh, you know, online marketing tools or advertising or things like that in order to make connections happen. We know that some of that shifts sometimes. And so it's hard. You never really have a static place in which you can be running your business. But um, that said, there definitely are ways that you can be thinking about efficiently how money is made. And I, I think right now, the point in history you are where you're like living the experience of living off of making a living in this environment, I feel like there's huge shifts that are underway. I don't know if you notice it, like things that have worked in the past are, are just not, not working. working the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Like people aren't buying the same way. They're just not, you know, necessarily engaging, being more selective. And who knows, maybe it's just the maturity of the model. Um, some of it impacted by COVID and like all the things that happen around mental health and boundaries and all of that. But as we're getting, you know, evaluating that, I think, looking forward um one one of the themes that i'm seeing and we'll see if it's helpful to you if it makes sense for what you want to do but some of the things that i'm seeing with a lot of clients is more of a strategic focus in a smaller group of clients but doing something in a more deep way and in some cases in a more um scalable way so it's not just working with like a huge company but it could be working with you know organizations with like a, you know local communities there's all kinds of different areas in which you can be doing work that might have a deeper impact that is not necessarily requiring hundreds thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of folks because like you're in it probably more than i am like I'm, I'm a business coach and a consultant primarily by day. I'm not like a professional community builder um, like you are, but I, I just see like there's some sea tide shifts where you either have to have tons of money to be hiring a bunch of people to help mobilize the B2C audience, or you need to shift a little bit what you're doing is probably, I'm imagining yeah. what you're experiencing right now. I'm experiencing a lot of shifts. Mm -hmm. um, in December of 2019, I decided to quit my job to be a travel writer in 2020 oops yeah, yeah. We, we, we see where this movie is going plot twist <laughs> and then plot twisted <laughs> and i had like a side hustle you know that i was still doing some sales work but then that wasn't my heart really wasn't in that and then i lost all of my opportunities the bottom dropped off of that with, with the pandemic so then I switched to this idea of maybe I can bring people together online. And there was people that were doing it. And I learned from these um, people that were promoting this whole structure of uh, sales funnels and bringing people in a certain way and then getting all of these people and asking them to pay for a membership. And I launched my community uh, initially in 2020 to help people find calm in daily life at a time mm. when I thought was we really needed to find calm. And I met people that helped me do this, like helped me transition in finding my own calm. And I wanted to share that with other people. But turns out that people didn't understand. I didn't establish the new like and trust factor. So they didn't understand like, why am I paying Deb for this space or whatever? I also launched at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And 
during the pandemic. <laughs> so there was a lot happening in the world. But just to say that I learned so much. And then I, in, at the end of 2020, I was being asked by people, well, help me build my community. So I became a consultant and I started building other people's communities for them. And then I relaunched the Find Calm Here community to instead of just being wellness focused, to be focused on supporting community builders. Cause those are the people who started showing up in my calls <laughs> was like other community builders who like, mm. wanted to connect around how do you build an online community? So we've been doing that um, we, we realized I brought in a smaller group. We did a structured program, a 90 day program in the beginning of 2021. We had really great participation. I thought this is great. And then we decided to launch, um, just a membership program for people who are community builders. And I just, we launched that in June of 2021 and then we ran that. And then we just celebrated our two years in, in 2022, but there's been so much shifts this year that it just hasn't been, you know, there's been no way for me to gauge on people coming in and new people. I haven't gauged new people. So I made the hard decision that I just announced like on Friday to people and mm -hmm. today and basically yesterday that I'm closing the community because I think that I need to focus on other things because there's just not people <laughs> that, that yeah. have time to like be there because not because they don't want to hang out with me or something, but because they're got a lot going on in their life. You yes. know, yes. and so that whole journey has taught me to now coming to like, at least I want to write this book to share like all these things that I've learned and experiences and case studies and things that clients that I've worked with, um, which is why I'm writing the book. But it's 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 an interesting time because what I'm learning and maybe you'll agree with this mm -hmm. is that everybody kind of was like, we don't buy this whole marketing stuff you're doing anymore, it's not working and we don't want to like buy into that. So yeah. now what's, what's happening is build relationships. Like every person I'm listening to that's talking about marketing right now is saying, build relationships with people individually. And I'm like, that's what we're talking about with, with your book. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's so true. And it, it just, it, just to, to note, you know, the journey can be so challenging when you are like leaning in and looking for what the opportunity is it's it's in the in the context of the widest net it's like the when you when you begin to know who it is that you want to work with which can be exciting and areas of passion and interest then it's really figuring out like what what do people actually need that you uniquely could provide and all the stuff that we need is the heart of an effective offering and the core of a business model it what one of the one of the things that I find relevant to issues around community, around relationship building, um, and the fundamental like philosophical perspective that you have is it, the the big distinction, the big idea, which I know we just talked about for the the prior hour is really this contrast between empire culture and ecosystem yeah. culture. So in empire culture, you're really looking as the business owner, it's just much more of a transactional view. The main purpose and the focus is accumulating your wealth. Like money is great in a business. We need it, want it, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But when you think about it as a strategic focus, like the business model, its main focus and the customers in your business are to be getting the things that you need and want for yourself. It's a it's a values-based perspective. We can feel it sometimes in the way that people talk about business, that it, there are lots of tactics that you might use, 
with a main purpose, um, generally centered, I find, at your own success and the profitability of the business. Again, nothing wrong with profitability, but there's not so much a focus in the ecosystem model. You have your ideal customer centered and really whatever core problem you're passionate about solving, that is the main thing that you and others surrounding them, other service providers, companies, apps, events, podcast hosts, et cetera, we're really united in trying to figure out how to solve a real problem that people have. To me, there's a lot more opportunities in that, but the relationship building is not like the latest tactic. You know, community building in the context of an empire is where like we talk about community a lot. It's, it's really common vernacular. People kind of intersperse community with fans, with prospects, with customers, and it's a very different thing if you actually look strategically at what it is that you're trying to do. If you're a partner for people and you're really leaning in to say like, God, this is a really hard problem to solve. What are the dynamics today about how entrepreneurs can make money? Like it is hard as hell. And that's why for me, even though I'm in it every day of the week with my clients, I need and rely upon other people in my ecosystem to help figure it out. To me, that bakes in value in a different mm. way oh, yeah. than just trying to dial in in any one moment, like how it is that I can maximize my, you know, funnel efficacy in order, you know, to make as much money as I can. And it's not a choice between money or no money. Like it is not. I have clients who fully utilize a community-based model who are making millions of dollars with a very healthy work-life balance. It is extremely possible to do that, but it's not a tactic. It's like if you are actually building relationships, it's because you see that as essential to your business model. And from a values perspective, you have to care about the people you're in relationship with. Otherwise, it's just transactional, right? What can you do with me lately? Like that right. person, you know, at conferences and, you know, like somebody comes up to you and you can tell they're sort of trying to figure out, like, are you important for me to talk to? And like, is there somebody else more that really like, ugh. That, that's that, that's recently ugh. with Chamber of, I just joined two Chamber of Commerce. I'm starting to do more networking in person now yeah, because um, I've been building online for two years and now I'm like, okay, let's talk to people. My business coach is like, go meet people. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I've done that, but I get these approaches by people of like, their elevator pitch and their business card, and then they're on to the next person. And I'm just like, that's, I don't want that. I want to build relationships with people and my community members know that I spend extensive time trying mm -hmm. to get to know what their challenges are and really want to empower them to bring what they're learning to the table. Because the, the value that I've had and the reason why I launched a community in the first place two years ago was the shared wisdom that we all bring to the table when we get on a call together yeah. um, or we show up together in a space because that's where the power is. And so I don't have all the answers. And I think I learned that when I, even when I reshifted to just like community builders and I tried to remarket it, I kind of got I, I learned that I was not the person that is going to be showing up as Deb, the leader necessarily all the time. I'm showing up as let's bring together this topic and let's test all work up, workshop about it or talk about it. And I think that approach that when I changed my approach in that, a lot of people really resonated with that and said, hey, yeah, I love this um, contribute, you know, being able to contribute and share what I'm learning. And yeah, it's hard. Community building uh, online right now, um, if you're starting out and you, you don't have an audience, that's where mm -hmm. I think it, it gets really hard. And I think what you're saying there is a lot of people ask me, where do I find my ideal members? And I think it goes back to knowing where your people hang out, where yes. do they hang out now? 
Like, where are they now? Go find them and then talk to them and say, Hey, I think, you know, are you struggling with X or like, I see that you're struggling with X or something. And then, you know, that, that might be the solution, but it comes before with your values of like, what do I actually, what problems do I actually solve? I know that's a, it's one question that people don't want to answer, including myself sometimes. <laughs> I know. Well, and, and it can, it can feel frustrating, but it's a good frustration. It's something that's worth pursuing over time. And I, I look at it as either what's a core problem that you like to solve or what's an aspiration you want to help people attain. Another way to ask the question, my friend Greg Hartle um, asked, like, what's bothering you? Um, I have, I am the worst. I am a total Virgo just just celebrated my 56 couple days ago and i for example thank you i am horrible like i know this is just something that that i that always bothers me i go to my local cafe i love them jared's it's a great cafe a couple doors down here on main street in mesa and they have the little um card thingy right that you do your credit card when you're trying to pay And the way they have it structured, I have this fascination with the way in which card readers work. So one to me that works so well is where like Square makes a really nice one, where it's facing you, you can easily slip in your card, like in the bottom that's facing you. And the one they have in my very favorite cafe, that's a new one, you have to reach over and put the card in, but it bumps up against their tip jar that bumps up against, right, this other thing. And I find myself like being that busybody, horrible person, (laughs) the Karen of the business world, who's getting up and everybody's business about how their point of sale thing is set up because I can't help myself to be fascinated by the environment in which business happens in a, in a brick and mortar context, right? right? Like these are examples of things. I could spend hours, days, months, years in a group of people helping to solve these problems to like come up with a good solution for people. And so sometimes those things are um, indicators of like what maybe it's not the ultimate kind of world problem that you want to solve. But what is something that is worth engaging your time and energy in that is like a core problem that people have? You know, in my own work as a business coach, helping people scale their businesses, figuring out a coherent, effective, ethical framework for pricing is a huge thing. Everybody I've ever worked with is like, how do I figure out pricing? Everybody I work with is like, how do I find where are the watering holes where my ideal customers and clients are showing up? So sometimes it's it's a uh, it's it's in the in the framework of my last book and body of work where it doesn't mean that when you choose to be focusing on a specific thing to create or problem to solve at a, at a particular point of your life, it doesn't mean it will be forever. It can be a transition period of something that is like worth solving that you can help solve it for people who you really care about solving it for. And through doing that and having a focus, then sometimes it can open up into other areas. You know, you might realize over time that are really linked more to the deeper mission, you know, that you might have in the mission at your roots. So it's just, you know, that, that, that part of it, I think can be, can be challenging, but the, the idea of watering holes, where there are these places in person and online where some other wonderful person has done the very hard work of gathering a community together, that strategic analysis is one that can make 
the community building so much more effective. And so it's things like being a guest on podcasts, like I'm doing with you now. I'm positive that there are many people who have no idea who I am, who have never heard about me before. You have carefully cultivated the, these relationships. And so it's a way one to many I can make a connection. Um, the other thing I think for people that's often like a, an amazing opportunity are brands that might serve your business. So during when I was rolling out, uh, working on the book and rolling out a class on tiny marketing actions, which is part of part of the method in the book and a class that I teach a couple times a year, I reached out to GoDaddy, which obviously serves I think, I don't know, 20 million entrepreneurs. And uh, they were doing webinars for uh, for their customers. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm an expert author in this area. Can I do one on tiny marketing actions? I did it. There was, I don't know, three, 4,000 people showed up, wow. you know, got, I don't know, 500 something people right on my mailing list because I created something that was very helpful to people, introduced the concept, gave them a little tiny marketing actions playbook. And these are ways that, you know, they were happy with it. We did a repeat. I ended up speaking at their customer conference because the the focus is not from my side is never just like, how can I build my audience, which is very transactional me, but what is this company? What is this podcast guest, you know, host exploring? And what's a way I could be providing unique value in a way that helps like their listeners or their customers grow? Yeah. So that that's a way often that, you know, over time, if you do that consistently, that's where you do have more, I think, more of a natural, you know, natural audience growth. Yeah, I like the idea of that. And um, right now I'm I'm working on like I've given so much value. I have to ask for I have to decide where my audience is actually going to be that's going to pay me for my work. Yes. Basically yes. at this point, because you can I I'm on a mission to like help people, but now I have to pay my bills. So <laughs> I need to not like, you have to have a balance. And I think that's a, a struggle for people like myself who, who really want to do all the right things, like mm -hmm. give value, show up, build relationships, do all the work. I have done the hard work. I'll tell you, <laughs> but I believe you. It's, yeah. it's a matter of, it's still a matter of really getting to the right people who, who are going to value you with, with, a their, their, their wallet, you know, or their, checkbook or whatever. Um, and I think that's a hard thing. And yeah, I think they say the riches are in the niches, you know, that's that, that mm -hmm. niching really slow, like really down, um, does help with like eliminating the, the people who, um, aren't the right fit or aren't going to resonate with your message. So I think that's a, a great, um, and I love niching down. I think it's just a matter of what you're saying is, is like really finding the people that, not only value the content you're creating, but also value a need. Like they have a need, like they're, you're, they have a problem and you're the only person that can solve it. And I think that's sometimes hard to, like, it takes a lot of work. Like you're saying, I've re reinvented myself over and over again. I'm still <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a place right now of struggling because now I'm going back to writing because basically I'm getting people who are like, Deb, you're a really great writer. You should do that. <laughs> like, okay, well, I could do that. That works too. <laughs> That's right. And what's so funny is literally every day, my clients are always asking me, do you know any really great writers? You know, like there's a huge need for really great content around a area, of all kinds of interesting, you know, business propositions. Yeah. But it is, it, 
needing to have a like well thought out business model is just really essential. And again, it's not like you do that and then you have the community on the side. It's just when you have a business model where it, the center is whatever you're selling is something that's a, a problem that you're passionate about. And then the people that surround that ecosystem of your customers mm-hmm. are all the best partners. I, I call them PB and J partners. So like what I have relationships every day as a business coach, I refer people to intellectual property attorneys, CPAs, bookkeepers, web designers, graphic designers, copywriters, writers, every single day they're asking me for that. And vice versa, when I make deliberate connections with people who share the profile of an ideal client, these are ways that you can start to activate like really effective flows of work. And so right. it, it is always the, you know, the journey of finding it, but it's funny sometimes, um, and I am not putting words in your mouth, I will speak for myself, but sometimes like, I think it has to be more complicated. Like I'm going to, you know, it couldn't be so obvious. I've started to do lots of work of building licensing and certification programs for clients. I work with a lot of thought leaders, people who, you know, have big books or they have programs they're teaching and they want to scale through like licensing and certification programs, especially in the B2B space. And I, my background's in training and development, building programs for corporate. So I have a huge skill in that. And I also understand this world. And it's almost like, wait a minute, this feels almost too easy. (laughs) Like, no, this is just something I know. And all of a sudden, just through a natural way that people are coming, I wrote one blog post about like, what is licensing and certification? I just broke it down and it's gotten 7 billion hits or something. I get probably 20 incoming, you know, prospects a month or something without putting any extra juice onto it. Just because I've tripped upon something that I think is it's very inconsistent in how it is that people get support for that. And so all of a sudden it's like this, this beautiful emerging niche where now I'm partnering with my old partner I used to work with in Silicon Valley, Darren Padilla, and we're building like more of a, a whole offer to just streamline and help people to build the programs effectively. So it's like sometimes the problems come to you <laughs> and just to listen to what people are asking for. And then you, you always have to, double check and say, is that, does that excite me? Is that something that I'm going to feel good about building? Um, Which is important. That's so funny you say that because I I resonated with so many things and just trying to connect back to um, problems that I solve. And I saw as I was trying to search for like, what does it mean to be a community manager? What does it mean to be a host of a community? There's not a lot out there that's talking about this and and what it means in 2022 to be a leader of an online community or something. And if there is messages out there, it's actually by companies that are selling their service. So they're like, yeah, community design, and we'll tell you all about that, but buy our software or whatever. And I, so I've really found that I started simplifying everything and it, it it's getting more traction because expectations and assumptions seem to be like the worst challenge of people today as they just assume so many things like they should know that like I've just had people all the time like well they should know that but they don't and even if they do let's say they do have an assumption of having on the same page but they don't you don't know if they're on the same page you have to tell them here is this is what I mean by community. This is what I mean by leadership or whatever. And I think that's what I've worked with clients on is let's simplify this. I think they try to make these like really complex things. Well, that just makes people really confused. So 
if it's a lot easier for you to just have one offer and say one thing, and here's who I serve, and this is what we're going to do inside this community, and that's it. And then we're going to try it for like three months or whatever the time frame is, and be really, really clear and specific about one thing because that's what people can grasp, especially in this time period. I feel like there's just, we've got things coming at us from 17 different directions. And it's just, if you get, if you're, if you're making assumptions or not being clear, it's, it's already like going to be hard for people. And if something's hard right now, people don't even want to attempt. They're like, Oh, that's too hard. Like it took me three minutes to read this article. That's too hard. Like It's just, you know. Exactly. It's so true. Yeah. And I, I really, I've found that the same exact thing is that people are just dying for some really clear direction where you can simplify something, make it easy to implement, figure out what are the parts of, of things that can feel like confusing or overwhelming. And then just the innovation comes, I think, in the design of that. And I think I'm, I'm not necessarily one as much as I love community. I'm not one to hang out in a bunch of online communities or groups and things like that. I, I love people. I love to connect, but it's very few. It's generally because there's a very specific purpose or if there is some kind of membership, one of the um, my favorite people, the Membership Academy that started by a British couple in the UK. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They teach yeah. a lot about setting up membership sites. And I spoke at CEX, the uh, Creator Economy Expo um, in May that was here in Phoenix. And I was so excited because I got to meet uh, the, and I, I'm, I'm forgetting her name, forgive me if she listens to this podcast, but I, I am so passionate about that product. And so when I met her in person, it's like I was meeting John Legend. I was so excited because as an instructional designer, I am just in love with the way that they have structured the inside of their uh, of their academy, they totally know for somebody who is considering having a membership site, they've broken down just all the steps that you need to go through it in a way that's just graphically easy to understand. It, it to me, is just an example of like really great design. I'll, I'll show clients when they're, you know, thinking about doing it because everybody can have that like, oh, I need some additional revenue. I think I'll just create a membership, you know, <laughs> to which I try not to show on my face, you know, like either a laugh or a grimace. Because as you know, and you've experienced well, it's a lot more than just throwing up the membership site. It really has to be steeped in, you know, in value or education or some kind of purpose. So I love looking at examples of like really well executed things. And this is a case where it just, simplifies all the steps that somebody needs to go through in a way that's very easy to understand and implement. And then, you know, there is a forum when people are asking the questions they're normally asking of, you know, what host should I use and what kind of software? And I just, I just find they do. <clears throat> for my taste, I'm probably an ideal client for them. I don't have a membership site. I advise other clients that are doing it, but I, I told her, I was like, I stay subscribed just so that when I'm on a coaching call, I have the access to open it up and say, here's a resource for you. Yeah, no, it's so great. And I, I was curious, I was going to ask you like real quick before we close out here, just one of the um, experiences that you said, these people who are successful in community building, like what do you see are the attributes of a successful community builder um, who, who wants to do an online community, who's really passionate and has that, you know, desire to, to lead and to help people and has the authentic, um, want, you know, desire for connection. What do you see is that works? 
Yeah. So what I see works is truly that their desire is like they are really passionate about getting to know people as individuals. They really are excited about building a space where people feel valued, included. They have a lens on inclusion, just recognizing the kinds of things that it means where you have a community that's open to people from different experiences. So it can feel like a safe, vibrant place where people can thrive. So that's often, you know, thoughtful design, thoughtful, you know, choice of language, thoughtful um, guidelines in the way that you you moderate it. At the essence of it is in a very clear and specific purpose. And so if it is, it, it, it's rare because people are so busy that they simply want to hang out, even if there's, and, and I can't think of a specific example, but I imagine there are probably some amazing creative communities. Oh, some like the passion, I think it's called the passion planner. My friend was passionate about the passion planner. And I think there was like a Facebook group of like a billion people who would just share the examples of like stickers and like special rulers they use and pens because the shared focus, even for more of a creative thing, was in getting the latest, greatest, best examples. Or I guess like Instapot, right, also has like this huge online community where people are like sharing their recipes and the, the tips and tricks for using it. Um, those Those that are business focused, I think, are really delivering every day resources and information and conversations that help people to solve whatever problem they're going to solve. That, that to me has to be at the heart of it because if it's just the great experience of like engaging ways to get people to communicate, which I love as an extrovert, but it, it's just too busy. Like I just don't have time to do that, especially online. So that's, yeah, and the that's I think what curve, we can learn. The commitment curve comes into play there because of, you know, it, it, if you get people to come, yeah, they might come for a bit, but then they have life happens and other things happen. So even if those really passionate people about this journal or whatever were yeah. interested, they're not going to be interested forever. They're going to be interested for a period of time. And then they're going to be like, okay, next thing in my life now, <laughs> like, like they're, they're going to move on. So yeah. And in a business, practically speaking, you know, you have to have a start and a stop and you have to have an evaluation time and to see, okay, the feedback and what's working and how can we make improvements? And you can do that as you're going, but also you need times where you as a leader take pause and, and say like, am I still passionate about this thing? And am I still wanting to be doing this thing? And I think that's the courage comes when you realize like the thing I just did, that's really hard of saying, my passion isn't there anymore. And I'm just feeling more drained than being lit up. When I was doing this in the beginning, I was lit up every day. I was like super excited to like jump on these zoom calls and talk to amazing people. And not that I'm not excited to talk to people. It's just that like all of the other things that we talked about, um, don't, aren't bringing me the, the calm that I was, my whole business is about finding calm and I wasn't feeling calm in a lot of some, you know, a lot of the things. And so I'm trying to work on, okay, well, I don't want to keep showing up and feeling that way. So huh. that just means that we're going to close the chapter on this and then start a new chapter on something else. But I think, um, even communities that I've been in that were focused on, you know, let's share our journey and, and like weight loss journeys and things like those, those huh. interests, communities of interest, we call them, then, that's, that's great, but it's, it's not a forever thing. And so I think when you're asking people for money for something like a program or community membership, there's gotta be a lot in it for them. And it can't be, you've got to, one of the people I work with says like, what's in it for them? We've got to constantly be asking what's in it for them, because uh -huh. if we're not asking those questions and we're just saying, well, what's in it for me? 
it's not nobody's going to gravitate towards that message of like no. come to the come to the deb show no nobody's going to gravitate to that but everybody's going to gravitate to like oh deb's providing value and she's giving all of this information on stuff that she's learned that's a different and she's offering us to be a part of it you know that's right. I often say like a marketing strategy is not a business model. Like fundamental to a business model is centering your customer and everything that you, your whole being is centered on helping them to really solve that problem. And whatever the life cycle is that you have that particular engagement with somebody. And so what I see a lot is like the marketing strategy is sold that like, hey, make money in your sleep, recurring revenue. And it's like mm-hmm. benefit to the owner, benefit to the owner, benefit to the owner. And like, it's not, it doesn't work that way. If it's grounded in a business that needs to have daily engagement with many people in an online community, then that makes sense to have that as a component. But if you think like you're saying it, what is your your underwriting need that you have for your business? If it's just really, I need clean, clear, effective revenue, but that is centered on doing the best work that I can, then it's often not going to be, you know, in the context of a community. Um, or if you want more peace and calm. Yeah. And shifting attention to different things and trying to do multiple things is, is diverting your energy from like doing really well at one thing. And I think I, I try to like do all of the things, but then realize, okay, so I've, I've really been great with like structuring my time and attention at one thing, like being really present here with you in this, in this time period. But I think also, it's just char- it's just hard when you want to try to figure out that magical equation in that book by Tim Ferriss, <laughs> the four hour work week had this all thinking that we could do this thing of like have the magical life and it doesn't have to take us 20 years. And I think the reality is hitting a lot of people hard is that actually it takes a lot of really hard work and determination and building relationships over long periods of time mm-hmm. um, to get to the level of being able to to work four hours a week or whatnot. <laughs> That's right. And we know, you know, like t- toward later years, it's not, he wasn't necessarily, you know, saying the four hours, but it's like, it, it is an example of in, in, in any, in the pursuit of being strategic about what it is that you want in your business. What's that overriding desire? So where it really is, you know, stable, predictable income that's solving a problem. When you look at implementing certain kinds of business models that can be based on online funnels and stuff, there are ways to be doing it for things that aren't necessarily just in the like coaching industrial complex, right? Of teaching people how to do the thing, how to do the thing. Like a lot of people who are making the most money in community memberships are those that are just teaching other how, others how to do it because there's still the desire there, but the market is drying up in terms of what other people can be doing. So, you know, that's, that's part of being tuned into the market and, you know, evolving over time. But it okay. is is possible. Some of the podcasts and, and areas where I've been really getting a lot of juice lately is uh, Brian Clark's Seven Figure Small. So that Brian, the founder of Copy Blogger, just yep. has really beautiful focused conversation, especially the earlier podcasts of the, the first season, um, really just looking at this like lean, effective, impactful businesses that don't have to be gigantic with tons of people. And then Jenny Blake's Free Time. She has a great book called Free Time and her podcast Free Time. A lot is about more creating like effective, efficient um operations in your business, but also really centering like calm and uh, focus, you know, strategic focus so that you have time to think. So those, those could be a couple of good resources for you. I'm, I know I'm many of my clients are gravitating toward that (laughs) these days. 
Yeah, I just got the um, the Lean Startup. I don't know if you've read that. Oh yeah, book. Eric. Uh huh. Eric Reese. I yep. Just, yep. I just got that book. It's sitting on my shelf for next to read after we finish up with your book. So I'm, you know, I I agree. I think it's a matter of simplifying, and I feel like sometimes we've learned, especially for me in the last couple of years, I've just learned that you know I don't there's all these systems that I was being taught and courses I was taking. And I couldn't, can't even tell you how many courses I've done in, in the last couple of years. And, and I just feel like I'm still not getting anywhere. And I feel like they were diversions from where I actually yes. needed to go. And so now I'm really like, okay, stop, pause. What, what is going to make the needle move farther? Yeah. And it's, it's not an email list or a sales funnel or uh, this or that it's me building relationships with people mm. meeting and, 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 and sharing with people. Here's what I'm really passionate or here's what I can do really well. And then them saying, great. So whatever, like you said, whenever I hear like somebody needs a copywriter or content writer, whatever, I think of Deb, Yes. You know? and the, I've, I've, I, I feel you. So I, I'm just like, I'm in that place of like re reinvigorating and thank you for, um, just letting me be a little selfish and asking a bunch of questions. Cause I'm in, in a very strange, weird moment of like, what am I doing with my life now? Yes. My pleasure. A coach is coach, as I always say, I love it. Like I, I hope it was okay to go there with you. Cause I, I love, I love to explore it with people, but that it is always an awkward place of going through a stage of transition. It's also really rich in growth and opportunity. So as much as you can anchor what you need to anchor, sometimes our stable Mabel steady Eddie clients to get through it. But the yeah. best advice really is just to like tune in to like who you are, do pleasurable activities, like notice the kinds of things that bring you joy. That, that make you feel really good, all those are going to be connecting you more with your your authentic voice just so you can clear things out and listen more clearly sometimes to things that are there. It just takes a little bit of time to listen, but it's a very valuable, very creative period if you can just trust the discomfort that's inherent yes. in, a, in a stage of growth. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking to like other people right now because I get on calls with people and they're like, what, what, who do you serve and what problem do you solve? And I'm like, Okay, I'm still kind of reworking that. Yeah, just say like, I'll get back to you. You know, I'll like let I'm, you know. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Right I now, I'm let you know uh, because right now I'm in a moment of transition. But uh, yeah, that's such great tips and and just finding other things to do because I feel like sometimes when you're in like where I'm at, I need to like be doing it 24 hours a day of like, okay, Deb, sit down, figure it out. And um, I love that you just said like it's okay to like and it should be of time for you to take some time away. Yes. Enjoy other life things. That, so. that is what the process is. You can't like work your way through it. Often you have to listen. We, and here at the learning lab, we have, we call it listen first. We very deliberately did not have any structure at all around the community space. We just listen. We just had conversations with people. Go, what is this place? Is this like an incubator? Is it a learn? What, what is it? And we're like, we don't know. Like we're, we're, what do you want it to be? And it was yeah. so liberating and it ended up really creating a shape that was really valuable. So just trust that process. Have a uh. quick thing you can say, like, I'm going through a needs analysis right now. I'll get back to you. Or you don't have to say anything. You don't have to apologize to anybody for it, but you do not have to have a quick response. It's natural and smart to go through a process of investigation. Oh, I love it. And I love that you said about asking people. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned just to share with everyone as we wrap up here is that 
I always, I've been learning to ask people before I do something like I used to like create it and then they'll come situation. And I've learned that that's not a great strategy. So now I'm like, okay, have five people ask me, have 10 people ask me, have 20 people ask, has, have a lot of people been asking me about X thing. And that's what I've been telling clients. And they're like, I don't know. And I said, well, then let's go find out. Let's ask them. <laughs> like, let's talk to your ideal members through interviews yes. and surveys. And let's, let's get, get the conversation started with the call or whatever, because if they haven't asked you and you're talking about doing a large scale six month course, that's got a lot of moving parts and you haven't gotten that validated. I see a lot of times where that happens with clients is they they think they have to do all of these, you know, have the course, have a strategy for content, have, um, you know, all of these things happening, email sequences and all these things. And what really the, the, like, when it gets down to it is, oh, I haven't even, like, nobody's actually asked me to do this thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, I call it, there. I call it built it and no one came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. But Thank you so much for all your wisdom and just spending some time with me today. I really appreciate you uh, hanging out with me for this amazing extra bonus hour that I got. My pleasure. Emily Slim, <laughs> and which I didn't expect to get, but thank you so much. So we will put this on the community strategy podcast and uh, the other episode will be also on there. Um, if you, anybody wants to find you, I know that we've, we've talked a lot about your books and things. Where's the best place for people to reach you? PamelaSlim.com. There you go. Beautiful. Well, thank you again. All right. Thanks um, so much. Thanks uh, for being here. For everyone listening, please uh, uh, follow us. And uh, if you thought this was helpful or you found some value out of it, let us know with a uh, review or rating. Until the next time, I hope you're finding calm in this day, evening, moment, Tuesday or Wednesday at three. Find calm and take care. Until the next time. Deb Show, and I am super so psyched to let you know I am writing a book. Big deal, I know. Maybe it's not for you, but for me, it's a big deal. And guess what? I'm writing this book for you because honestly, as a new community builder two years ago in 2020, I had no idea what I was doing and I really got really confused easily. So I'm going to simplify things for you. But what I need from you right now is to actually help me make this book possible and so you can support me with a crowdfunding campaign that i'm running through ifundwoman i'm going to have a link in the show notes please support me this this is running from september 1st through the end of october so i'm really hoping to reach my goal uh, to be able to write this work style book it's going to have worksheets it's going to have templates it's going to be something that you can actually use today it's not a course that you have to take for four weeks. It's not um, a, a big book that's not going to give you actionable steps. You're going to be able to take action the same day that you read the book. I'm super excited about this. I've had lots of feedback from clients that this is what they want. This is what they need. So I'm putting it together and uh, I hope you can support me with it. And I hope it, I hope it's going to help you. So let me know. Uh, please uh, check out the show notes for that link to the I Fund Woman crowdfunding campaign for the new book I'm writing. It's called Creator to Community Builder. I'm so excited. Thanks for helping me if you've already donated.